Hey fam, welcome to another new season three episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am thrilled to have you here sitting by the fire with us. I'm your host, shaman and author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And today we have Mystic and the author of six books and oracles, Rebecca Campbell. She has been featured in Vogue, The Times, Oprah, Psychologies Magazine, and more. Her books, oracles, courses, and workshops have been translated into over 20 languages worldwide, and she has supported hundreds of thousands of people to change their lives and answer the calls of their soul. Rebecca was born in Australia, but now lives in Glastonbury, UK. And as she's been consciously working with The Rose since 2010, it is The Rose that I was guided to have us all focus on today. Now, you'll hear in the episode how the divine energies brought Rebecca and I together for today's chat, including a super wild story of how I was sure a picture of me is included in her Rose Oracle card deck. And as the rose has been so incredibly life-changing for me, we also chat about how the rose called so strongly to Rebecca, what the sacred mysteries of the rose are, examples of some of the things rose can activate and teach in you, how the rose and goddesses like goddess Isis, Inanna, Mother Mary, Flora, Aphrodite weave together to make pure magic, what sub-rosa means and its significance, how the rose can work to bring us all together more. And lastly, I recommend you get some water for today's closing ceremony. It can just be a small glass of water, but as Rebecca guides us in a water blessing ritual of prayers answered for self and the world, you'll be sure to want to have something with you. This is a special one, Soul Fam. Let's dive in to the 35 million year old secrets and mysteries of the power of the rose with author and mystic Rebecca Campbell. Okay, great. Okay, yay. I've been so excited to have you on, Rebecca. Thanks for joining me on Ceremony Circle. Oh, I'm just so happy to be with you, Alison, and everyone listening. Yay. Yeah, I really could feel that the soul fam who regularly sits around the fire with us, I can sense that they're going to be very much into this conversation. Um, I remember when I DM'd you to ask if you wanted to come on, I was just said something like, I just, all things wrong. Rose, just Rose. I want to talk about Rose because, um, I mean, so many reasons, but I have been so called and pulled like mother Rose and that energy started to really speak to me in the last few years. But like, I have rarely met a more soothing, healing, nourishing medicine than rose. I mean, I put rose serums and elixirs into my matches and my waters and constantly using rose sprays. And I mean, just it's rose stuff everywhere. And even um, I brought this in for our time together. This was my Grammys who she passed away and it's this little rose like glass, uh, you know, jewelry holder or whatever. And I don't know, it's just spoken to me in so many different ways. And, uh, I know that you are a queen of all things rose. And so I would love to just start to learn, um, when, 
when the energetics and essences of Rose began to call and show up for you? Mm. So in a way that I like actually noticed was around 2010 and I was going through a particular, you know, it was like the Saturn returns period where it's like, oh geez, the life I've consciously created is like not my life anymore. And yeah, I had a couple of very, very close friends pass away, a relationship end. And so it was just the, the real cracking open and the grief of the heart. And I started um, noticing there were quite a few people who were like woven into my life who had a very subtle message of the rose. And I think this often happens with the rose. It's like it's so subtle and yet strong at the same time. And the overall message was just like surround yourself with roses. And so I, I started doing that. And what some the first person said that when she went through a divorce, she bought herself like pink roses and she felt like it eased her heart a little bit. Um, and then a medicine woman introduced me to like an anointing practice with rose oil on the front and back of the heart, throat and solar plexus as a way of like, um, you know, when you're going through grief, it's like you just, you kind of like want to shut off and separate from the world because it just hurts so much. But the medicine and the invitation is always to like somehow find a way to, to soften the heart through it. And I think that was really the biggest me medicine for me at that time. And I discovered that roses really lit me up and, and, and how important beauty was to me. Um, so I started a practice of buying myself six roses every Saturday and I'd take them back to my house. And prior to that, I'd been like waiting for someone else to buy me flowers and like, you know, never really happened. <laughs> and so that was like a big liberation in itself. And yeah. And so I discovered again, really subtly the effect that the beauty had on me and the vibration of rose had on me. And that's when my altar work really began. And again, subtle, but powerful. So, you know, I hadn't learned about altar work, but I started just creating around it. Um, and then I began to remember like this connection that I had when I was younger, particularly around nature, where I began hearing what I call the whispers, like the voice of the soul. And so I was like, okay, I need to surround myself with more roses. And I researched and found Regent's Park Rose Garden, which is um, there's a particular rose garden, a, a rose garden within Regent's Park called Queen Mary's Rose Garden that has 12,000 blooms in it. Like, oh my gosh. And so I started like walking in the rose garden every day and started noticing that around the flowers, like my heart opened. I felt like it was like, it was like an embodied experience of my soul and like poetry started coming through and I started writing it down. And for me, it kind of came like a following a golden thread. So it wasn't like, it's kind of like intuition. It didn't come fully formed. It was just word after word after word. And it ended up turning into my first book, which I had no comprehension of. I'd had visions of writing books for years, but had no idea how the heck to, to write a book or what even it was meant to be about or anything like that. And I remember the, is one of the greatest moments of my life. It's just so captured in my heart where I had my laptop and I kind of clicked file, save on the word document. 
and put the laptop down and looked up, realized I'd finished the book. And I was sitting there on a park bench surrounded by these thousands of roses and all these park benches where I'd written the entire book, like bench to bench to bench. And I just, I couldn't understand how that had happened. And now, of course, with a bit more hindsight, like it's 12 years on, um, I now understand that I was connecting with the consciousness of the plants and it was helping my soul come more in. It, it makes much more sense to me. And I know the practice of my ancestry, which is called kithing. It's an almost lost Scottish word, which is really like connecting with the spirit, the essence of, a, of an object. Um, in this case, the, the rose. Another way of saying it is like the rose and nature as a creative muse. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, but then again, it wasn't until... Uh, a few years ago when I was talking to my editor about like new projects and the rose just came in so, so strong that I, I, I could actually see it in a clear way because she's just so everywhere and Mm. subtle and powerful at the same time. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so fascinating for me to hear Uh, from you, the trajectory and like the type of energetics and essences that were a part of that path, because it really reminds me so much of my journey with the power animal realm. It's like, because even when I had my divine intervention, spiritual awakening, which came via, you know, betrayal and massive heartbreak, it was the dear power animal I had four that came in initially right after my awakening to help me through that time. Uh, The panther, which is my core animal, the deer, the bear, and the frog. And it was the deer who did the same for me that the rose did for you of like reminding Mm. me to not shut my heart down and to keep Mm. my heart open and to trust if I stayed in devotion to healing my heart and, and trusted to stay in devotion to the path of the heart that miracles were on their way to me, which you know, they certainly were. Um, and yeah, just also to the balance of like the subtlety, but yet the potency of working with those type of guides and how, you know, yeah, if you just lean in and, and, and heed those calls at the time, yeah, things might seem like so incremental or so gradual, but if you just hold that line and stay in devotion to whatever guides are presenting to you, it's like, before you know it, like both you and I, you look back over a decade plus and you're just like, oh my gosh, wait, like I'm a totally different person. My life is totally different. I now have a husband. I now have, you know, a book out. And it's like, it's just so interesting, the parallels of our journeys with these different teachers that came in. Wow, that's so amazing. Yeah, you're so right. And yeah, it's so true that, yeah, you can look back and go, and then the rose spoke to me or my power animal spoke. But at the time, it's like, 20 diaries that you're filling with rambles and going, is this true? Is this not true? Which way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you're also probably at a, a, a similar place on the path where it's like, I started to realize in the last year or two, oh, wow. You know, I had arrived to a place on the spiritual or shamanic path where I had been living in devotion to it long enough that I'm now in a place where 
I'm able to really see the fruits of this devotion. It's like, you know, Mm. for a while, you know, yeah, you're trusting and you're surrendering and you're doing it, but like, you know, oftentimes there's enough that needs to be transcended or healed or released that, yeah, for a while it can just feel a little topsy-turvy or maybe even wondering like, is walking this path really doing anything? But, you know, now 10, 12, however many years into it, it's like, oh, wow, you know, holding that line and living in surrender and trust to this path, like, it is provided and given so much. And it seems like it's been similar to you that you're at that place where you can really affirm and see like the fruits of, of how you have walked the path. Oh, totally. Yeah. I remember when I first began it and I, like, and I had embarked on, you know, finally surrendering to the call of being the guide, the teacher for others, as well as being led myself. And looking to my teachers and being like, how could I possibly, like, I'm just so far away from that. How could I ever do that? But then I think it's that thing of like every single little step that you take towards it. Like I remember when I was in like a, my other life as in, in this life, (laughs) we've all had many lives. Uh, um, And I remember I was, I was riding in the mornings and, you know, being in nature and doing my meditation. And even if it was just like writing one paragraph a day, I just like that discipline, I, I, I always did it. And I'd have this like uh, a visual, I guess, that I would, um, I was walking towards embodying. And that was essentially that like, cause it kind of felt still far away where I was, I, I knew where I was being called, but I had no idea how to get there. And I would use my walk to work um, to imagine like it's every single step is a step closer towards what I'm being called towards. And that was so helpful in the end because, you know, when you, I think there comes a point where it's like when you know you're being called into a different life maybe (laughs) in this life and you know that part of you needs to die in order to be born again and all of that, um, it can be easy to be like, oh, I resent this job that I have to do to pay the rent or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was that was such a helpful way of doing it. So it was just like, I'm never going to have to do this again, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, a lot fluttering up um, again, just such parallel reflections here. Yeah. I I remember when I started being sent the first visions for how my shamanic (laughs) practice was supposed to look. And I can't tell you how many times along the way I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, Oh my God, you want it to function like this and be so overt and so public. And, you know, the visions of me being on stage in front of so many people with (laughs) shamanic sense and shamanic instruments. And, and that, like you said, I was at the time when that vision was given to me so far from really Mm. doing that. I mean, I was, when that vision was being shown and I was sharing that vision with friends for the first time, I was literally crying and having a breakdown in a restaurant in Manhattan, (laughs) you know, and I'm, and I'm just like, I am being told and shown I'm supposed to do this. And like, I mean, snot coming out of my nose and (laughs) crying and blabbering and slobbering. And I'm like, it's, they're showing me this, but yeah, like, how do I get there? And it's just, yeah, Mm. when you're at that friction point, you know, and there's so many of those old systems and old threads that 
are burning off and dying off to create new room and space for the for the new energetics to have room to inform you and to talk to you when you're in those initial friction points, it can be really um, intense. Uh, so it's, it's so cool that we both um, both have that. And the other funny thing uh, with your, I love, you know, just all your branding and, and how you, um, you know, present the, the teachings and the work that you do. And for those watching the video, this is uh, Rebecca's Rose Oracle card deck, and it's so gorgeous. And when I was preparing for our interview, um, I don't know why, I, maybe I knew it, but I just hadn't clicked. But in my Googling of you, I, I was like, oh, she she has an Oracle deck. I should, I should get that. So I ordered it and it arrived the next day. And so here's where it gets really funny. Um, so I, I was with two friends, um, and I brought it, we were having a pool day and, and I brought it over. I hadn't even opened it from the package. And then when I started to open, I was like, wait a second. It's like, why does this look familiar? And all of a sudden it hit me that a friend of mine who's a witch, and I've had her on Ceremony Circle, Chloe Elger, uh, she had texted me about three weeks ago and she had texted me one of the cards in your deck and she's like, Allison, I have pulled this card enough times and every time I pull it, I always think it's you. And she sent it to me. And who is this lady? Because this is me. Oh, Who is this lady? The oh, child within lady? I will have to connect you. <laughs> like, is Isn't she, she my doppelganger? Like, does she look like me in real life? Or is it just this? I, I haven't met her. Katie Louise has. So I'll, 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 I'll hook you guys up and, and we'll see. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been tripping out. Like she looks like me to the point where I literally, I I was convinced. I kept saying to <laughs> Luke, like, no, I think this is me. Like, <laughs> I was that convinced. Wow. And, and he was even looking, I mean, because especially I have pictures where I'm like meditating. And so I have my clothes, my eyes closed, oh. like this woman on the child within card. And I'm like, this, if this isn't me, I have a twin. Who is this lady? So <laughs> it was just so funny. The, you know, the divine connect the dots of how Chloe texted me this. Um, and also just, you know, what I was going through, uh, the child within is the title of this card. And it says, um, the keyword descriptives are inner mother, innocence, gentleness, and tenderness. And what I was experiencing the day that Chloe texted that to me was so spot on mm -hmm. with that. And it was just funny that I ordered, I asked you to come on, ordered your deck, and then realized, I was like, this is the deck who, that I'm in. I'm in this deck. And so I also wanted to chat with you how, um, how you knew how this deck came to you because again i think there's a parallel the animals i flew to bali to write a different book on surrender and it was the animals who came to me and asked mm -hmm. me to write animal power with them and if i'm not mistaken it was the rose who really spoke and called to you to make this deck yeah definitely so i was i was contracted on two different projects and it was during covid actually and each time i went to do the one of the the next project it was just like it's just it's not quite the right time and i couldn't 
And then I went to visit my friend Tash, who is like caretaker of this incredible land um, near me where I run some retreats. And as soon as I got on the land, I got very clearly that it's the rose, it's the rose. And I arrived and she, I actually had some rose roses. And then she, when I shared, oh, I brought some roses for you. She was like, oh my gosh, the land told me that the it needs the rose today. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And on my way, I'd actually emailed my editor and just said, what do you think about, um, I had called it at that stage, the sisterhood of the rose deck instead of this one. I just am getting it really strongly. And she had written back, there's no reception where I am. She had written back like five minutes later. I didn't get it till after, um, immediately. Yes, go for it. <laughs> and so from there, it just emerged and it was really interesting actually, because, um, I, I prayed for the right artist to, to emerge and, a few incredible women stepped forward and two of which I, I had worked with and they were so gracious. Both of them were like, I don't know if I'm the right one for this project. If I am, I want to do it. And it, the first two, it just, it wasn't hundred percent right, but our connection was, and it was such an important part of the journey and understanding and all of that. And then I connected with Katie Louise, who is the artist and um, prior when I'd started the the deck, she really hadn't been sharing her art at all. So in that time, she had stepped out and started sharing her her art. And even now today, she's she's a flight attendant and is kind of like in the bridge period that we were talking about. Oh, I um, love that she's still a flight attendant. Yeah, you would, I know. Like, the level of her work, you would think that that's like all she does. She, yeah, exactly. She's bleeping soon, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, she's an incredible artist, really works energetically and, and we had a really strong connection. And so it all emerged from there. Um, and so, yeah, so my, I, I worked on the deck longer than I have other ones because the process was longer to, to find Katie. And, um, yeah, and interestingly, it was really during the COVID times as well. Um, and it, it was just so, so clear that the rose was stepping forward. And I, from what I've, I've learned, I, I've studied intuitive herbalism myself. Um, I've done some herbalism courses more for my, I never did them to kind of like go on and teach them, but you know, they influence you so much. I just did it because I just suddenly couldn't stop talking about flowers <laughs> and wildflowers and all of that. So I decided to embrace it. And um, yeah, so I really just went on a deep, deep journey for about two years with the rose. And obviously I had been on that journey since. And um, it really came in when I moved from London to Glastonbury and um, I didn't know it at the time, but we'd moved into this place. Like literally we were not planning on moving here at all. Like it was not part of the plan at all and happened so, so quick. And um, I'd always had this vision when I'd been praying for home of um, soft grass and this rose garden. And I just kept on thinking, like, where is it? Where in the world is it? And um, anyway, we walked into this place um, and we just knew it was our home, but there was no rose garden there. Um, it, the whole garden area had been like poured with tarmac and cement and stuff. And um, anyway, so we moved in and um, little by little, I started um, 
planting roses and I even ended up, I knew what type of roses I wanted. There's a type type of rose um, by an English breeder called David Austin, which is the same in the Queen Mary's Gardens at Regent's Park. And so I ended up finding um, a local gardener who like specialised in roses because I'm not very patient and I knew I'd just like plant too many or not stick with it or whatever. So anyway, so he was my coach and I found out he actually was the gardener at Regent's Park Rose Garden when he lived in London. So it was just so many crossovers. And anyway, so we planted the roses and they began blooming. And then the most amazing thing happened where um, you you couldn't see that they were there because they were pretty much all underground and we pulled up the tarmac. But underneath there were all these old roses that started emerging. And now they're like all around the house and the perimeter and everything. And then these neighbours who'd been there a very long time began stopping as we were planting to saying, oh, you're bringing back the Rose Cottage, you're bringing back the Rose Cottage. And we're like, what what do you mean? And they said, yeah, many owners ago um, it was dense with roses and everyone would come to see the roses. And, um, And, yeah, the woman who used to live there used to ride the bus to London, which is about four hours, Um, to the Chelsea Flower Festival to see the David Austin display. And she'd come back with a new David Austin. I have chills. That is so wild. And apparently it actually used to be called the Old Rose Cottage. Wow. (laughs) I just can't believe that. And so this oracle came in as we, like, were planted in that land as well. And so I'm, I'm... ever increasingly so like a believer in obviously spirits of the land custodians of the land and 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 of the house and the gardens and the the plants so Mm -hmm. yeah really I didn't expect this project to be such a deep dive but it was we went deep 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 on I didn't understand prior to it just how far back the symbolism goes of this plant and like particularly um, it, the, the rose is like 35 million years old. Yes. Minimum. I have and, that right here on my notes. I was like, oh, whoa, no wonder they hold so many ancient right. healings. 35 million years old. I know. And found in all corners of the globe as well, which is why I think it can be seen in so much um, mystery teachings and and particularly like my ancestral lineage is is more um, uh, Scottish and Nordic and, like, so more European. Um, and for here in particular, like, where when the, the, the goddess was basically buried and for, forbidden, you can see, I can even see, like, just up on the high street near where, where I'm, I, I'm at right now, um, I'm still, like, the rose is so often hidden in plain sight. Mm. Like, on buildings and churches, often... The rose is there and it's a symbol of um, one one phrase is sub rosa, under the rose. Everything said under the rose is a secret, a mystery, a mystery teaching. And so I feel like what has been hidden is stepping forward a little bit more now. And the Why rose do you think is that is? Why well, do you think it's coming forward? And also along with that, what was also coming in to ask you is, 
you know, you, I'm guessing you feel quite a large sense of responsibility, you know, and having materialized that you are such a steward and teacher of the Rose and her 35 million plus year old ancient teaching. So mm-hmm. yeah, just speaking to why you think the sub Rosa is now exiting out from being so secretive and also the mm-hmm. responsibility you feel. Mm. Oh, wow. Good question. So, I mean, we're co- clearly in some kind of emergence right now. I'm not going to begin to understand the mystery of all the weavings and the layers and the what is dying and what is the, gar- the future rose gardens that are emerging. Um, I can only talk from personal experience where it's just becoming ever more present. Even just in 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 friends that I have who are like not into all things mystical, the rose is a symbol they have all around. It's if you look at like even the catwalks, like a few different seasons ago, it was suddenly like boom. It went from being like a nana thing to everywhere symbolically. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the rose is a well. I, I think she's got individual medicine for us all and so even like when you're working with the physical rose or or like like the rose like from a herbal perspective as well um it's often anchored in the heart but of course the heart is the return to wholeness and love and so it's so broad as well and so um and and different herbalist teachers homeopathists people like that that I work with people who specialize in rose and flower medicine so often the rose gives us the medicine that we most need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we're clearly in a stage where we are all here healing something, whether it's ancestrally, collectively, individually. Yeah. And so I think that the rose is stepping forth now for some of us as a way to kind of like hold the container of that in that because we're being called to do deep, deep healing work. You know, lots of grief and trauma is coming up for so many. And I think the the rose has that soft and gentle ability to hold, but also the kind of fierce teachings of the thorn and and so much more, the fertile void, the 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 seed that is in the darkness of the soil and yet has as so many of the the poets have said, the future rose gardens that have everything that they need within it, within that seed. Hey, beautiful beings. Today's episode is brought to you by an all-time favorite wellness brand of mine, Lotus Way Flower Essences. I've worked with various products by Lotus Way, whether they're delicious elixirs that you put under your tongue, they're aura mist, bath salts, teas, chocolates, you name it, I have tried them and I truly, truly love them all. I swear by their purity and the amazing healing essences that they hold. And no matter what you're looking to transcend in life or bring into your life, Lotus Way has a flower essence for that. But one all-around winner is their sacred heart essence. You can get it in their anointing oil form, their aura mist form, or their elixir. I have them all. And it's a blend that's infused with nine different flower remedies to soothe your heart so you can surrender into self-love and acceptance during times of transition. How amazing is that? 
And like I said, there are nine different flowers in this essence. One of them is white iris for purity, aligning with your highest potential and receiving unexpected blessings and support. And another one of the nine is vanilla bog orchid to relieve tension so you can move with more gentleness and ease. So just head to lotusway.com. That's L-O-T-U-S-W-E-I.com. And this is so important. Don't forget to put the code word mystic in the coupon section at checkout. That's code word mystic, M-Y-S-T-I-C, because that will gift you 15% off anything you purchase. All right, fam, back to this amazing episode. And so do you feel a big responsibility, like knowing mm-hmm. that like the roses arrived to you in such a loud way, you know, you have an Oracle deck and mm-hmm. you live in the rose cottage and, you know, yeah. your beautiful backdrop that you're speaking from, you're surrounded by roses and knowing that you've been asked to be a voice for the rose and be mm-hmm. a steward of her. What has that been like? Well, I think it's interesting because I've always, my entire journey felt afraid of sharing the voice and so that's been a a huge huge constant part of my journey and interestingly and it might just be because the rose has been so constant and subtle and there right from the beginning when I talk about the rose I feel so alive and so aligned and so in my heart like more so than any other topic and that's like really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because it's been, I've lived it so deeply. Um, but yeah, as I was, as I was researching and I think, I think what, what needed to happen for me is, and I think this is true for most things with me that I teach, maybe it's true for you and all other teachers as well. Um, but I had to have the personal experience before learning yeah, because I'm I'm a mystic, so it's like the direct experience with sacred, mm-hmm. and then sometimes then learning <laughs> what everyone else has said about it, you know. Yes. Um, and so I think that has helped my roots deepen and my confidence deepen with this. Um, when I look back on my journey, um, my second book is called Rise, Sister, Rise, which is really about the rising feminine, sisterhood, um, the sacred feminine that's rising in all of us. And I, I think the rose is a symbol of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I think I felt more fear and responsibility around that, or maybe it was just because it was earlier in my journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess in answer, yes, <laughs> I do. and. I mean, it's rose medicine, isn't it? There's the fierceness and the the subtleness to it as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful. And the other thing, um, I was learning so much just in the the guidebook that comes with Mm. the Rose Oracle. So I wanted to touch on, um, because you also brought it in a moment ago, like all the goddess energy. And Mm. I've worked a lot with goddess Isis and some with goddess Inanna and uh, Mother Mary. And I saw all of them listed. Mm. um, I I haven't worked so much with goddess Flora or Aphrodite, but, um, and there were others uh, along Mm. with the ones I just named where you spoke to them 
and their connection. I don't know if you have just like an example, just so the soul fam listening can start to understand, you know, the tie and the connection of like how perhaps to goddess Inanna, like what is her correlation to the rose or any of them that are coming mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, like, like you have been called to, to different goddesses, but I didn't know how deep that symbolism went and how many goddesses have uh, the rose as one of the symbols. Um, and so when we were doing the research, it was amazing. We were just like, oh, oh, and, you know, you've got Venus and Aphrodite. And it's like, oh, no, they're the same goddess, different names, and the rose is the thread. So it was kind of like this mystical explorer um, um, feeling to it. Um, but there, there are so many different incredible um, stories, and I think that wisdom is passed down in many cases, and particularly where there has been, like, um, silencing and persecution, all of that, like hidden things hidden because of, you know, it not being safe or whatever. Um, often it's things are passed down in myth and story rather than, like, direct, yeah. And so, yeah, and so you you really have to dig in order to find. And um, I'm trying to think, there's so many stories. Um, and But one of them, which I love, is the goddess Flora, who's the goddess of spring and flowers. Um, she's a Roman goddess. Um, and I just love this story. So it, it essentially goes that she was so besotted by love, like just like enraptured. And I tried to personify her in the the rapture card. So it's like, she's essentially like having a, an orgasm through her like ecstasy of being in love with um, Eros that she, she goes to say his name and what utters out of her mouth is Ross like that. And that's apparently where the word Rose came from. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's this, and I love that story. Cause it's like, it's, you know, there's so many stories, particularly from like, Europe, where with the, you know, the kind of absorption of of so many different traditions by the church, where um, sensuality and sexuality has been demonized or banished or, you know, whereas this is like, it's, and because I think that when you, I don't know about you, but when I see a rose in full bloom, it's like, oh, or if you really just take a moment and like, like drink in the the nectar and the the fragrance if it is fragrant of a rose or even a um like rose oil Mm -hmm. it's like it's that sensuality that's not just sexuality it's like it is rapturous yeah so I love that story yeah it's yeah it's so true yeah it's it brings to mind like you know feelings of intimacy and um, yeah, sensuality. And I, and I also agree, uh, that it, another thing that it feels time to let liberate or, you know, these topics, the, the sexuality, the sensuality, the intimacy, just like all of these most ancient ways of living and rituals and practices that, yeah, somewhere along the way got deemed shameful or, you know, whatever, like, uh, evil, and I recently had um, a woman on the show named Rena D, and she's a professional dominatrix and also does a sh- shamanic form of um, rope bondage called shibari that comes, uh, it's an ancient Japanese 
practice. Um, and she's also a sexological body worker. And when I met her, we met at a photo um, studio. We were both just getting separate pictures taken. And yeah, I just felt her embodiment. And I knew I was like, you know, she maybe isn't my quote unquote typical guest, but my main premise for who I intuit to have on is like, that they're a teacher who's embodied and has integrity. And I could feel both of those things with her. And then I got the hit a couple of months after meeting her. I was like, oh, that woman, that dominatrix lady, I think I need to have her on. And it was such an invigorating and healing conversation, not just for myself, but I could also feel how needed these types of conversations Mm -hmm. are just for everyone to remind people that, you know, when they're held in the ways that we were speaking of, these things aren't weird and bad and and naughty. Mm -hmm. Like these are just ways of life that... Um, anyways, you talking about the sensuality of the rose got me on that kick, but oh, I love that. I, I, I need to listen to that episode. Um, yeah, it's making me think like how, you know, in, in my mystical experiences and all, not all of them, but a lot of them, like what I've been shown is like how the human experience, it's like the ecstasy and the agony are like next to each other almost and like when I when I gave birth to my son as well it like I do believe it is possible to have a pleasurable birth I, I do believe that is possible it it did I had a I had a, a really good birth but um it was very painful but it was also ecstatic at the same time that's the closest that I've gotten to like a physical experience of what I've kind of seen mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's so interesting. I wonder, like, through us, like, opening up to the possibility of the pleasure and the agony, the ecstasy and the whatever, like, yeah, that feels so rich. Mm -hmm. I'm going to (laughs) listen. Yeah, yeah. The ecstasy, agony and the birth and the death, like, Luke and I have had Mm. so many conversations how the birth portal is the same as the death portal. Like, it's the same. Right the same portal. So yeah, it's also <laughs> fascinating. Um, and I also learned um, through this rose serum that I had been drinking. I, I've not studied herbology or anything like that, um, but I learned from the man whose company this rose elixir is that you can drink. I put it in like kind of everything, but um, that the Bulgarian rose is a super herb and not a flower and that it has 400 components instead of 30 to 40 that are in other roses. And they had run studies that um, their rose elixir, uh, like now they have like the scientific proof that it like improves people's skin even more than like taking collagen supplements and things like that. Cause he was asking me, he's like, so I'm like, I'm so obsessed with your product. And he said, what are you taking it for a mood vibration or skin? And I was mainly taking it for the vibration. I can just feel, you mm. know, I love the essence of the rose, but then he informed me of the Bulgarian rose and all of those, the 400 components and the the skin attributes, which I didn't know of. Um, so, you know, I was just wondering before we got into the closing ceremony practice, like just anything else about the rose that would be good tips or advice for, or any just information good for the soul fam to know just so they can broaden their horizons a little bit about ways that they can maybe start to work with her if she's calling to them and things like that. Totally. 
Well, I think the the there's two ways. One is just notice the roses around you because mm-hmm. they will be. They'll be they they grow all over the world. Like maybe you'll have a rose garden near you, but likely there'll be one in your neighborhood. And so just notice. And especially if it's not in bloom, notice it. Notice it when it goes into second bloom and be like, what lesson do you have for me? You know, if that rose hadn't have like released the petals to the wind, it wouldn't turn into the second bloom. And then same thing, if it didn't release those petals, it wouldn't turn into the rose hip, which is the fruit. Mm. And I think that nature, we obviously with the audience we're talking to we are nature we know we are we are nature we're not separate from it um but we've become so disconnected from it as well and you know in the time that we choose to incarnate in it's more normal to try and be in the bud and the bloom all year round Mm -hmm. than have the courage to go into the the death months of autumn and 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 winter as well so that's a that's a really great way of doing it and then even a a really simple one to do, which kind of links up the 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 card that you chose, the child within, is just to imagine a rose at the center of your heart, invite it to open petal by petal, and imagine the child, the baby, the teenager, whatever shows for you within you, and like take it into the rose of your own heart, like that card, um, because I think we all need that. Mm. So beautiful. Yeah. And please, I'm like dying to know who this lady is. So <laughs> you can please message Maybe her. Maybe it is your long lost sister. Yeah. Message Katie Louise and be like, who yeah. is this woman? Because she's for real my doppelganger. <laughs> Maybe I'll put, I'll have my show editor put um, the picture of that particular card in the show notes on my website so that people can also I'm like I know I'm not crazy I showed it to Luke I was like he's like no it really it could be you I'm like I think it's me but he's he thought the eyebrows were the only thing that was like a little bit different I was like no I think those are my eyebrows too oh I love it yeah well this has been such a beautiful rose centric conversation I know you do a lot of other things like you have a star seed oracle, which, you know, part of me was like, oh, let's talk star seeds too. But I just, for some reason, I just wanted to like mainly keep it to the rose and just have mm. an episode solely devoted to her and just take a moment now to, to thank mother Rose, grandmother Rose. Like, thank you for calling to me. Thank you for coming mm-hmm. into my life and such a firm believer and reciprocity and acknowledgement and, and honoring acknowledgement of, you know, teachers who have paved the way and who have held things down for us and mm-hmm. who have just so generously, you know, continued to send their healing transmissions to all, even if the vast majority are completely oblivious to all that's been sent their way so generously from various teachers, the rose included. And um, I just, yeah, I'm really at a place in life where, um, you know, I don't do this work for acknowledgement, but carrying the load that I've carried on my back and, and paving the way that I have paved, like, it is healing. And I do think it's important to speak 
honoring acknowledgement um, to those who have really done and put in a lot of work. And the rose is put in 35 million years of work. <laughs> and that is a lot. And that so, lot. yeah, I just, you seem like the perfect person to have a devoted rose conversation. With, <laughs> so thank you. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to have someone who is lit up by that conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. So I'll let you take it from here. Um, actually, uh, before we get into the closing ceremony, if you could let people know now how they can reach you, find you best, your website, all of that good stuff. Because you, yeah, you have tons of courses and all sorts of things. No worries. So just before I do that, I'm going to say, if you have any water near you or liquid near you, get that now. And if you don't, you can just we're more than 60% water ourselves. So you can be the water vessel. (laughs) Um, But if anyone wants to do that, you can do that now. Um, Yeah. So the best place to find me is um, my website's rebeccacampbell.me and I'm on Instagram, rebeccacampbell underscore author. (laughs) And yeah, all those normal places. Yeah, because you do have a lot of offerings, if if I'm not mistaken. I saw you've got like different memberships and courses and lots of different things. Yeah, I've got my memberships called The Sanctuary, which is really it's it's about like deepening the connection with your soul, daily practice, that kind of thing. Um, and then in September, um, my Inner Temple Mystery School, which is really is like my body of work that I've been working on the past few years is, is, is coming out. So that's about like attuning to the wisdom of the mysteries and nature and like stones, the water, the rose, many others. Cool. What's it called again? Inner what? The Inner Temple Mystery School. Okay. And yeah, so you can find out about that at rebeccacampbell.me forward slash mystery school. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, of course. All right. I am ready for this water blessing. Right. So just preparing where your water is, so it might be in front of you, or you may be the vessel yourself. I have this beautiful little vase, which is my grandma's with me, which is really sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, So just gently close your eyes and slow down your breath. If you're driving, just be with us in spirit. Okay, so feeling the connection with the earth, feel gravity holding you, feel the soil holding you, feel the waters that run beneath us holding you. In the center of your heart, imagine a beautiful rose and just notice what color it is what type it is, how open or closed it is, what season it's in. Taking a deep breath in, invite it to open petal by petal, revealing a light in the middle. This light represents your soul, the ancient part of you part of you that chose to come into this life, into this body at this time. Deep breath in, deep breath out. In the heavens above, imagine a giant ball of source energy, unlimited. Invite a channel of that to come in through the crown of your head. 
and allowing it to hit your heart and be sent anywhere that you feel like needs it right now. And then in the center of the earth, imagine a pool of sacred healing waters, this pool that supplies all of the sacred wells and rivers, all of the sweet waters of this planet. And through the soles of your feet, imagine roots going down through all of the layers of the earth and drinking in and connecting to these sacred virgin waters. And in the center of your heart, that light, that soul, your heart within the rose. I'm going to ask you in a moment to whisper into the waters that are in front of you or that you're holding, and if not, the waters within your body, knowing that waters carry memory as the work of Emoto has taught us, as the ancients knew and wrote about. I ask you to ask the part of you that knows what's your heart's deepest prayer it can be for yourself, for someone else, or for the planet. And just holding in your heart now your deepest prayer. And then either bringing the water that you have in front of you to your mouth so you can whisper into it and if not just whispering to the waters within your body and whispering that three times And then from the center of your heart, it's like transmitting this prayer into your cells and into the water if you are holding it. And if you have water in front of you, you can gently open your eyes and maybe anoint yourself somewhere in your body. If it feels right, you can take, take a sip. And if you do sip the water, maybe noticing if the consistency feels different. This water that has been blessed by our prayers, both individually and collectively. Imagining us all in circle now in all corners of the world. 
I'm sending your love and support and encouragement of the person's prayer to your left and sending that out into the world. And then receiving the encouragement and support of your prayers from the person on your right. And then sending your love and support and encouragement of the prayers of the person on your right. And then receiving it from the person on your left. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Okay. And now it's up to you what you do with your water, whether it's in a cup or a vessel in front of you. You can offer it to the land, you can drink it, you can place it on your altar, you can do whatever you like with it. But as you do, imagine you're sending the prayers of what came through for you, but also for everyone else out into the world. And as you do, it's like the, the waters of the world is are kind of like um, connecting together. And if you've been working with the waters within you, then you are the walking prayer. Deep breath in, deep breath out. And just slowly imagining that rose at the center of your heart, just closing slightly until it feels good. Staying soft and strong. And you're in time opening your eyes if they're closed, looking around the room, feeling held by the energy we've co-created as well as Gravity, your body feeling properly planted here. And just returning even more yourself, even more connected. Mm. It was so delightful. I just ended with this like acceptance of myself even more fully with like my thorns and my softness, you know, mm. it's like a further layer deeper of, of that acceptance of my wholeness, the totality of my being, the humanness, the human me and the shaman me all rolled together in one, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. And it was so nice. Um, the color of the rose that revealed for me was this beautiful, like canary yellow. Oh, that's so you. Wow. <laughs> and it was also very fitting for like where the bloom was at. She was not, you know, cause I'm definitely not in a fully out, fully bloom state right now at all. Um, maybe by the time this airs, I will be, but at the time we're recording this, I'm more like her petals were just slightly starting to open. You know, mm. um, I've definitely for many months been in more of an insular, uh, rest, different types and forms of self-care and just attuning to my body and 
letting things get more and more simple, um, simpler than ever before. And yeah, just more rest and simplicity as opposed to like the outward push or the outward expression. So yeah, it's very Mm. fitting. That was a really beautiful ritual. Thank you. Thank you. Oh goodness. Um, and also just buttoning things up. I really love since this is ceremony circle and uh, often reference in the intro and outro, you know, just thanking the soul fam for sitting around the fire with us. And so it was really nice to feel the connection of the audience of the, of the soul fam listening and joining with us to feel whoever that being was closest <laughs> to my left and to my right, I could really feel whoever mm. they were. I could feel their presence. And I was like, oh, like that was a real unification. So thank you for bringing that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When like we're doing things virtually, sometimes it can be like, oh, that we're going to be together. But then so much more is opened up and you can feel it. And it, mm-hmm. and I'm always fascinated by how it works as well with us. Um, and obviously with the podcast, this is so true. Like we're, we're in different times. Like some people are in the future and some people are in the past, but there is this bridge, like this soul time that is like palpable and created like, oh my gosh, that is such a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's so cool. It's, it's beautiful to know that the medicine that each of these episodes holds that, the person's going to land on this one at the exact time that they needed. It's so mm-hmm. nice. So anything else before we officially close the circle, any other last little bubbles bubbling up for you, or do you feel complete? Mm, I feel complete. All right. I do too. So thank you so much. soul fam for gathering, I guess today it was a more of a, a gathering in the rose garden Um, (laughs) yeah sacred grand fire is always with us but today Mm. we all gathered in the garden together so thank you and thank you again to grandmother rose uh, just for all your love for all of us all of your compassion for all of us oh my goodness um gets me emotional actually oh we definitely had a grandmother theme didn't we with your yeah it's just both of us my my grandma's just passed she she's in in that oracle um on the held card oh, and the grandmother's card there's a grandmother's card um, so it's definitely a grandmother energy with us today yeah my grandmother um is pretty recently passed as as well mm. and so that was so nice that yeah that just organically was present for both of us mm, so beautiful. thank you to our grammys all right, Rebecca, thank you thank for you sharing so all of your wisdom and your devotion and walking to the path. And um, yeah, Soul Fam, she already shared her website, but that'll also be listed in the show notes. And every Tuesday when the new episode comes out, um, her she'll be tagged in, in the post on my Instagram. So, all right, sending so much love and we will sit with you again next time. Woo! Wee, what a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. 
And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.